force will be with you. Always. What's up, guys? I'm Daniel Logan, Boba Fett from Star Wars, Attack of the Clones, and The Clone Wars. You will listen to Call the Portion Podcast. So who talks first? You talk first, I talk first. Welcome back to the Quarter Portion Podcast, the flagship of the Kyber Club Podcast Network, and the only Star Wars podcast that has never removed its helmet. I'm your host, Chris DeHoog, and I'm joined today once again by my co-pilot, Patrick Fletcher. How are you, buddy? I'm good, man. It's good to be back. It's been a long time since I've been on the show, and uh, you and Amy and everyone else have really uh, held up the ship <laughs> in my mm. absence. And it's uh, it's really good to be back and uh, talking Star Wars again. Yeah, I feel like we say that a lot, but... Uh, <laughs> we do. It's always been a while. <laughs> Uh, I know. Hopefully, we'd held the ship up a little better, but uh, you know, it's uh, it's been a weird couple of years, and uh, it has been. One constant's kind of got us through is the Mandalorian, so it's fitting that uh, it's back around again as we come back around again ourselves. You got a uh, sneak peek, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I did. I did get to see it a little early uh, through my work with uh, CG Magazine. I got to review it. Uh, I got a screener, just like. Uh, hours before I went up and I was like playing a game for a review for something else and I was like oh shit here it comes <laughs> so that's not like, much oh, of a screener if you only got it a couple hours ahead it's I've so I've been doing this for a little while now and it's like sometimes you get a good head start on it sometimes I've never had something like this drop on me where it's just like by the way here you go and it's going live to the public in three hours after you get it so enjoy so yeah, that was, that was a late la- late night last night getting my review up for CG Mag Online, but uh, yeah, uh, still kind of neat to be on that side of things. So, did you have time to, you know, uh, to, to to get something written down like before, <laughs> you know, before? Yeah, I did. So I got I got the review time. at ten thirty. I was actually busy and didn't notice until eleven. So then I watched the episode, uh, and I was able to get my review set up around like one thirty. And uh, embargo broke at 3 a.m. So yeah, that was uh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. That was a scramble. <laughs> but uh, well, I have now seen it. I watched it last night, and um, I watched it again today, um, just in the last couple of hours, actually. So it was kind of fresh in my mind. And um, excuse me, it was um, yeah, man. Um, I got to say this right off the bat: what is it with these 36-minute episodes? Like, they've been doing this since the beginning, have they not? Uh, it's always kind of varied, yeah. I think the shortest episode they've done is, like, 31 minutes. Um, I don't, What's I the longest? The longest one would be, I think, one of the Book of Boba Fett episodes is, like, 50-something minutes, I think. It might be the one where he comes back, where the Mandalorian comes back. I think that was the Boy, best episode of Boba Fett. Was the one that didn't have Boba Fett in it. <laughs> well, let's, 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 let's start in there, actually. Um, yeah. Because one of the things that I kind of took away from this episode, or the th- one of the things that struck me about this episode, was that uh, it felt right. Like it felt like it was a back on track in a lot of ways. You mean um, the one we saw? We this, really this, had a... this new one. Yeah, like the newest episode, like the premiere for gotcha. Mandalorian season three that we're talking right. about today. By the way, that's our topic today: is the Mandalorian season three premiere. <laughs> if you couldn't already <laughs> tell from the intro. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we haven't really had a chance to talk about Book of Boba Fett. Um, in any capacity no, of the show, actually. Um, so yeah, let's let's on, just set the table with that. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I was just gonna agreeing with you there. Let's uh, let's just uh, let's, yeah, just like you said, let's just touch on that at the beginning too. Because uh, I do, like you said, I think it, it it definitely leads into this. So, so what did you think of Book of Boba Fett? 
I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be completely honest. Um, I love Tamara Morrison. I love the fact that Boba Fett's been resurrected, and I liked the show. Um, if I have a, one complaint about it, it's that they kind of, I think Bo, Boba Fett just seems a little. I don't want to use the word neutered, but <laughs> like it's Boba Fett was always like like this mysterious badass, not so much a villain, but um, certainly an antagonist, you know, from our growing up with Star Wars. And suddenly he's this, you know, um, honorable, you know, kind of freedom fighter. And uh, I mean, I kind of, I, I get it because they, 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 that's, that was the character progression of the show with him, you know, you know, being left for dead and being rescued by the, um, by the sand people. Um, and I, I, so I, I understand um, why he ended up like that. Um, I think, I think I was just, when we first saw that, remember that trailer that, that came out when he, when Boba Fett, after the, he was on the Mandalorian, which I like when he sat down on that throne in Jabba's palace, taking mm-hmm. control. Um, I was like, all right, here we go. You know what I mean? <laughs> Who's Boba Fett going to fuck up now? And uh, <laughs> it was just, I, I think I was expecting a bit more of, um, I don't know. It's hard to explain. Um, I did like the show. I liked Mandalorian a lot better. Um, I, I guess I could say that I, I think Boba Fett could have been, uh, yeah, like it could have left a bit more grit. Yeah, so to kind of talk to what you said there about um, like the tone of it, like I think it kind of comes down to like execution. I think that it, it just seemed to me like they didn't really know what they wanted to do with it, and they kind of got lost halfway through. So like, um, I I like the whole idea of Boba Fett coming back from, you know, the pit of the Sarlacc and going like, I why am I throwing my life away for the whims of these? incompetent jackasses or that's a good point people who aren't myself right like um and like his time with the tuscan raiders you know showed him like a different way maybe kind of brought back some fundamental stuff he learned from Django when he was a kid or something it also helped humanize the tuscan raiders in a way too so i i get your point there yeah for sure oh yeah it was huge for the tuscan raiders like they've always just been like a boogeyman and now that you show like there's a whole culture there that uh, people just gloss right over yeah, but anyways, sure. so like you like you go from that whole flashback thing to kind of having him set up his own gangster empire and all that stuff, and that's all kind of neat. But then the way they did the switch over to bring Mando back in, it just became like a Mandalorian episode, literally. Like there's a whole episode where Boba Fett does not appear in his own show. It really did. Um, yeah, like it's when when they announced the book of Boba Fett. I looked at the way they were doing the Mandalorian with like the chapters and stuff. And I thought, okay, so it's like a, a spinoff or like a side story before they go on to season three. That's yeah. fine. It's just the way they pulled it off. It was just really disjointed. And um, yeah, like, like I said, they didn't really seem to know what they wanted to do with it or they had a bunch of ideas and just came off really disjointed. Um, yeah. It was kind of clunky. But like when you go from, uh, what was it? Like five episodes of doing their own thing to all of a sudden here's just Mando catching up on all the stuff that happened since his episode, since his last episode. And yeah. Here's Luke in in Ahsoka and all that stuff too. Like, well, I got a question for you. Do you think that they planned speaking of kind of not knowing where they were going? I mean, this is obviously Boba Fett. We were talking about not Mandalorian, but Mm -hmm. 
when at the end, when, when Luke comes and takes Grogu, Grogu away, do you think in some respect they had planned on maybe having Grogu just in for that one season and then he became so popular that they decided to bring him back? Um, no, I think this was the plan. Like, again, it comes down to execution. Um, cause even like, even this week, John Favreau in interviews for the premiere was saying like, I'm, I've already written season four, like season three is just beginning broadcasting. He's already written the next season. He knows where it's going. So that was, um, that, that was the plan all along then. Yeah, I, I, I think so. It's just, um, it took a bit of time to kind of see the whole big picture. Like it, it took until now really for the show to kind of like, for, well, the show's uh, the plural to kind of bring it all back together. Yeah, because uh, one other thing that John Favreau was saying this week is that Luke and Grogu were together for up to two years, so there's like a bigger span of time than it seems the way the show oh, presents. Oh, okay, I didn't realize that. Yeah, it's it. You only really see it in episode one of season three of The Mandalorian when all of a sudden he goes back to Navarro and it's just been it's flourishing. Like you can't recognize it's the same planet from like the, the first that's a good point just yeah lava flats and stuff yeah that's right so book of both that was kind of surprising to me that it dropped the ball with execution so much because john favreau and dave filoni for that matter had kept such a tight ship the first two seasons of mandalorian like everything seemed really planned yeah um, like in a good natural way yeah, then they were just kind of like getting lost in the woods and relying on Mando for entire episodes and yeah, really varying yeah. off of Boba Fett himself and losing all that development from the first couple episodes. It might have been just but, a problem with having too many projects on the go at once and not being able to really focus on one. Yeah, and you, you have to assume that there was like uh, uh, impacts from, from COVID and stuff, like like filming filming things during COVID uh, has to be totally. Totally, um, yeah. It's and that 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 hit a lot of projects heavy. Like, I mean, I just finished watching. Um, there's a series of books that I really got into by this former Navy SEAL named Jack Carr, and he wrote these books about this character James Reese. And there's like five books, and I read them, and they came out with a, a show with Chris Pratt in the lead, which was awesome. It was called The Terminal List, and. I've saw, I watched all the making videos of that and they did that right through COVID too. And that's why it took them because of that. Yeah. You know, shut down, come back, shut down, come back. Yeah. I, I kind of wonder what Book of Boba Fett would have looked like if they hadn't had to shoot in those conditions. Yeah, man. I'd probably have made a big difference in a lot of things. So there's a, a lot of things out there that uh, um, the wheel of time, that was a, a huge thing with them. I mean, as soon as they started filming, I think it was in season one when they were filming season one of the Wheel of Time that they had to shut down for like almost six months, you know. Um, and to do oh, that, did they start shooting a, before that. What's that? It might have been was... season two. I'm thinking of it. Maybe it was season. No, because season two. I can't remember the time frames on that. Season yeah, season two, two is, is still. Uh, season two is yeah. now finished filming though, but I think it, maybe it was season two because season two hasn't come out yet, but. During the filming of it, I think maybe it was maybe they got the first one finished right as COVID was starting, like it was right at yeah. the end of their production. So when they went to start filming season three, they kind of went right away. And then the same thing, it got shut down. And uh, when you're shooting in the Czech Republic or Chechi as it's called now, you know, you're half a world away from where most of these actors live. And that's a lot of logistics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no doubt. 
Yeah, we I I just finished watching uh, his Dark Materials. Uh, HBO did an adaptation of those novels, and uh, the first season that came out before COVID, the second season got delayed because they had to like wait for the clear to even start filming with pandemic restrictions and stuff. And then the third season just came out like just finished like uh, last month. Like it took yeah. this long to get three seasons out because of all that yeah. stuff. So and like, then, like, oh, like and again, it, it, it huge so impact on 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 proj- projects like Book of Boba Fett and and stuff like that. And I think you're just starting to now see things normalize again when it comes to production somewhat. So, um, yeah, one of those things we'll never know what it, what it would have looked like, I guess. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, it looks like things are smoothing out now, so that's good. Um, yeah, it's a. Yeah. Uh, that brings us that brings us into well let's dive into the Mandalorian yeah let's do that season three then with that out of the way um yeah the, one of the first things that I kind of thought with this episode is like okay this is what the Mandalorian is it's nice to be back in this groove after Book of Boba yeah. Fett as much as I like certain parts and was a little disappointed with other parts it was nice to be back in this groove yeah. right this formula with him. Yeah, man, I was really happy to get back into these characters. And this first episode was, um, it was, it was short. Um, um, it, it wasn't, it wasn't. There's was a lot right? of cool like, things. There's like, a lot of cool I, things that I noticed about it, though. Anyways, I, I was interrupting you there. Go ahead. Oh, no worries. That's just uh, sinking issues, I guess. But um, yeah, like uh, it was short. I know, like time wise, it was short, like only, 30, only 36, ep- 36 minutes. But I felt like a lot was going on. Like there was, I it, it didn't feel short to me. Like I, I knew watching it that it was a shorter episode. But there was just they got a lot done so nicely, and yeah, they they really established everything that we needed to set up. Um, yeah, there was some there were some really cool tidbits in there that I, I took some notes down when I was watching it. Did you notice the? Well, I don't know if you've noticed it because I don't think you watched the series or read the books. But there was a nice little nod to the expanse in there. Um, oh no, I'm not. I haven't, uh, read those well, when um, who's uh, Carl Withers? What's his character's name? Grief Karga. Right. When he was explaining to Mando when he came back and he was explaining how different the planet was, and he says um, he mentioned the Belters. Um, the Belters. Oh. <laughs> yeah, and when when Mando was getting chased by the pirates and then turned into chasing the pirates, um, you could see all these mining operations on the asteroids. So um, I thought that was a nice little tip of the hat to the expanse because he did call them belters, which was neat. Um, <laughs> That's you don't often see that uh, in Star Wars, like referencing other stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I thought it was I thought it was really good. There was also a good uh, kind of Arnie Arnold Schwarzenegger line in there when he said to Mando, and he said. Uh, or when, when uh, no, it was Mando that said, now that's using your head when they dropped the droid on IG-11. Or when they dropped <laughs> the statue and that's using your head. That was kind of, with Carl Weathers in the room, it's kind of like a line from Commando or something like that. Like, yeah, kind of definitely. Yeah. To that. I thought that was kind of cool. The space whales at the beginning. Oh, right, yeah. Remember when Grogu's so looking that, out that into that the hyperspace? That took me a second, man, yeah. Yeah, that was neat. I wonder if they're going to expand on that or whether that was just a, just a little Easter egg. Yeah, I I feel like they're just throwing that in there because it's going to come up in, in in the Ahsoka series when she's looking for for Ezra from Rebels. That's I a feel good like point. that's just them putting that there to be like so it's not a complete like left field surprise. Yeah, that's but, good. That, that's cool. And the little programmers from uh, <laughs> the ones. Oh, Bobby Freak's people. Yeah, Bobby <laughs> Freak was one of them, I believe. It looked like him. 
Um, I thought that was great. Um, I la- and when Grogu grabbed the one, like, no, it's not a pet. Oh, that, <laughs> that was. I, I I was kind of thinking before that like they really upped uh, Grogu's like expressions. Um, yeah, they did his personality. Did you think that that pirate ship looked a lot like the Eclipse? No, but there's another kind of ship that, um, like, albeit uh, smaller. Well, yeah, of course, and nothing's quite as big as that. But with that um, big, that big prow on the front, you know, it, it, that's from something. I I'm blanking on. I believe so. It's like a certain class of frigate or something. Not quite uh, that colorful, of course. Like that was a very unique. Um, yeah, it, it, it certainly the wasn't the same thing, but the the overall feel of it. I first when I first saw it, I was like, "Holy shit, it's an eclipse!" And I'm like, "Nah, it's way too small." But it's got the same shape. Yeah, they're, kind of reminded me of the Hammerhead Corvette from like Rogue One. Yeah, it had yeah, the, had the ramming horn on it almost. Yeah, for sure. Because I just remember the the the, the picture of the eclipse and. The, uh, the Dark Empire source book for the role-playing game and the Eclipse had this giant like front prow like a, I don't know, like a battleship. You know what I mean? On the front. Mm-hmm. That, it kind of reminded me of it. But, I mean, obviously it wasn't the same ship, but it had that kind of a look to it. But I liked the episode, man. I did like it. Like you said, there was a lot in there and I do agree with you. It didn't really feel like you know, a 30 plus minute episode um um i i liked the uh i really liked the scene where they were initiating the new mandalorian and um mm, I was just that one up, actually. you know the giant crocodile um well because i thought sure. at first that that was going to be a flashback to him being um sort of oriented into the clan yeah right? i kind of thought that too um but I, I did like that scene there was uh what was the other thing that I was thinking of with that episode? Oh, the um, when he goes, because you're going to have to refresh my memory here. Mando left with the Darksaber and he had that argument, not argument, but that kind of confrontation with Bo-Katan about, he's like, just here, take it. And she's like, I can't take it because it has to be one in combat, you know? And now mm-hmm. he finds out, I thought it was really interesting at the end when he shows up and Bo-Katan's like, there's, there's no army. There is no army. There is no fleet. Without the Darksaber, they all basically abandoned me. So I'm really curious as to how that's going to play out. Yeah, I don't know where she's where she stands, right? Like, She that, seems a little bitter. That, well, yeah, she's definitely bitter, and she has the right to be because she's yeah, got a valid deal. Um, but, um, yeah, first of all, how great was that uh, the staging for that scene? Where they, she where he walks into her castle and just like the angles of of the room. Oh, it was beautiful, just, wasn't it? Like just strewn across her throne, not giving a shit. Like yeah, with her one leg over the <laughs> one, one leg <laughs> over just, the armrest, like whatever. <laughs> I I love her more of every scene. Like she's so good. Okay, um, Sokka, she's 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 a gem. Um, I've I've been a fan of hers ever since Battlestar Galactica. Man, she's awesome. Well, and, and to see her get to play the role in live action too after the Clone Wars is just yeah. Too. She did the voice um, in the Clone Wars, did she not? Yeah, is that that that's where that's where it came from, actually. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I thought. For all those episodes, so yeah, she's a real um, unsung kind of um, action hero. Um, yeah, yeah, that was that 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 was very very cool. Um, but, obviously, um, the episode yeah, like left the, me wanting more but let me ask you this um when you got a screener did you get the first two episodes or did you just get the first episode 
Um, which I think I'm allowed to say. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, no, I mean, either way, I mean, we won't talk about it if you did. I was just curious um, because I uh, thought they released. The only reason I ask is because I thought they may release two at once to open the premiere, but they only released the one. That's the only reason I ask. Um, obviously, that with- that is something that they normally have been doing, actually. Yeah, but it kind of depends. Like uh, Disney Plus in general has kind of jumped all over the place. It started yeah. out with them doing a lot of like two episode premieres. Um, and there's yeah, been a couple of times fun. where I've thought, like, with well, certain MCU shows, I've thought, like, you needed to do two episodes of this to start yeah. with, like, because they're the because it's so short, right? I mean, I understand with NDAs and stuff like that. I mean, if you did, you're not you're not supposed to talk about it, and we won't. Um, I I was literally well, just curious um, because I expected two to be released for 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 the for you and me at least. Uh, I did get the second episode, but I haven't watched it because I didn't want to like have any bias creep in fair um, enough like i didn't want to say oh i think this is going to happen when i know what happens in the next episode so yeah I'm for sure after, no, I, I respect we, that. after we've done this i wanted yeah. to keep that <laughs> no absolutely so when when does episode two officially come out do we know so uh it's it, it's it's weekly now for the next eight weeks well seven weeks i guess but uh yeah but, but i mean episode two when when what's the release date on that uh so that's the eighth like March 8th. Okay. okay. So they're pushing a week. Okay. All right. I didn't know. You know, sometimes they'll go one episode and then a couple of days later, they'll put out another one and then it'll go week by week. The way it works. You oh, know me. Right. I'm yeah, still they, a fan of before, binging. Yeah. But yeah. I'm still a fan of the binge watch, but apparently I was outvoted by the court of popular opinion. <laughs> I've seen it work both ways. Like, yeah, this is something that uh, we've talked a lot about before, actually. We have. Uh, <laughs> It's so sometimes it works having everything all at once, and sometimes I appreciate that slow boil, uh, like so much more. Especially with these, like I like making it last. Um, as much as I, as as much as I would have liked to see the second episode come out for the public, like at the same time. Sure, that just means we have eight weeks of it, right? Like, yeah, no, I I do. I'm starting. I'm starting to come around on that, and I I think um I don't know if you've seen it, but I've just started watching uh, the Last of Us. Um, on I haven't HBO. seen it, but I'm familiar with the game. I, I've tried the game a little bit, and I the game was phenomenal. Rage, rage quit it. The game is phenomenal. I I played the game a few years ago. Um, it's phenomenal. It's really hard, um, but the it's it it was an award winning game for its story. It was one of those games that really got you emotionally involved in the characters. For a game, it was incredible, and the show is it's it's a ten. Like it's so stellar, um, in my opinion. From, from everything I've seen and what I know of the game, like it seems like they really just nailed everything in this transition. They really did, especially with the two actors, with Pedro Pascal. Obviously, that's the reason I bring it up. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He plays Joel, which is the main character, and um, the girl. Her name's Bella Ramsey. The girl who plays um, shit, what's her name? I should know this. Anyway, uh, Bella Ramsey. She got her start in Game Mormont, of Thrones. Um, that's right. Something. Uh, oh god, I can't think of the person name now. Mormont something. She was um um Leanna Mormont. Yes, that's it, yeah. And she killed it so much in that one episode that they they brought her back because she was so good. And I'm telling you, in this one, because she I believe she's Irish and uh she plays an American accent. She's only like fourteen or fifteen now. And no, I think no, she's she's older than that now. Yeah, um, she doesn't look like it in the show. She really doesn't. Um but she may be. Funny, anyway, actually. She may be, but she 
kills it. Um, so yeah, and to, so to back to that point though, I'm I've been enjoying waiting a week for each episode of uh, um, The Last of Us. So you know, I will, you know, I, I will give I will give that that back. Um, it has been nice because if it had all come out at once, I would have finished the whole thing in two days. So. And then it's like, and then it's just gone and over with, right? Like, yeah, I'm starting to see your point on that. Um, yeah. That being said, there's like certain, like certain other things work better when it's all dumped at once. Like I, I watched that 90s show, um, which was kind of shameless and empty. But, it uh, was, it was, it, it was, I fine. thought it was, it was terrible. <laughs> it it was had so much potential though. It had so much potential. Um, but it could have been uh, a lot worse also, I think. But. This is true. <laughs> this is true. It could have been, it could have yeah. been. We watched it and then it was, at the end it was like, well, that was a thing we watched. Yeah. <laughs> hey man, I'm, we're going to pause for a bathroom break here. I'll be right back. I'm back. Hey. Hey, sorry about that. No worries. Nature calls. Yeah, it happens. Okay. Anyways, had to come to uh, to come back to Bo-Katan and that whole thing, um, yeah, obviously that, that tension has to be there between the two of them because, you know, whether he intended to or not, like it was all kind of Moff Gideon's uh, machinations there. Like he knew what he was doing when he <laughs> when he when he saw who was, who was invading his ship in the season two finale. Um, but but like regardless, they've ended up at odds because he has the thing that she wants or needs, and can't just take it without you know betraying this possible ally. Um, so I, I'm really curious as to where it goes this season. Like, is, is she going to be on his side moving forward, depending on what he finds on Mandalore? Like, is, yeah, they're going to, or are they going to find some strange rivalry? Yeah. Or are they going to find some interesting way to have her earn it? You know, like, you know, defeat him in battle. Like, does it specifically say she has to kill him? Um, well, when or just defeat him. When he fights Paz Vizsla in the Book of Boba Fett, like when um, Paz is like, yeah, you're weak, and it's a Paz. I think John so. Favreau. It's been a while. Yeah, Paz Vizsla. Anyways, John Favreau, when John Favreau fights him in yeah. the Book of <laughs> Boba Fett, um, like Din gets the knife to his throat and the armor calls for it to stop. So I don't know if that's just like a thing for defense. Like you don't have to fight to the death if if the holder of the Darksaber wins. Or yeah, if, like, like that's the, what I mean. It's kind of ambiguous. Like, yeah, like can you yield, or is it like, is it like a samurai where yielding is is dishonoring, and you'd rather have your head cut off? I don't know. That's actually a really good question. Yeah, uh, I'm not familiar enough with my deep Mandalorian lore on that one. Well, I think I'm gonna uh, have to go back, and I think what I might actually do, maybe starting tonight, is actually go back and start watching. You know, give myself something to binge this week and uh, maybe skip through some parts that I remember vividly and, you know, pay attention to parts that I, you know, are, are foggy in my memory. So maybe those questions were answered. I'm not but sure. From like uh, from the Mandalorian or like. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I was actually thinking of going back to like the Clone Wars where they kind of talk about it more and even. Like, That's actually a really good point. Rebels. Yeah, I didn't um, think of that. That's a good point. That's that's actually probably an even better idea because you're going to get you have far more episodes filled with lore there. 
especially with Bo-Katan, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, like she's in it as all of as her sister who was like in love with Obi-Wan. How many all seasons were there for Clone Wars again? Seven total by the end, but you can kind of be selective with what you watch with it. Um, Cause like the way, the way they do it with like the little mini arcs within each season. Yeah. Like whole arcs that are just about the Mandalorians whole arcs where it's just droids doing nonsense. Like, <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's kind of easy to pop in, watch a couple storylines and pop out. And then there wasn't, wasn't there like a kind of a fiasco with the film and then the show. Like, didn't they? Oh, the, like the, like the movie that came out in theaters. Yeah. Well, because that was weird because it was just basically the pilot movie of the show. Like, is that what it was? Of, okay. Yeah, they they basically took three episodes, the first three episodes of the show, uh, like one arc, mashed into one movie and released it in theaters, which was, in retrospect, kind of a bad move because you're raising yeah. certain expectations. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. And that, that's something that they never really or took a lot of time for them to recover from. Like, it took a lot of time for people to come come around on Ahsoka, like they had to do a lot of development before she kind of not, I don't want to say earned her place, but before people accepted her more. Yeah. for Well, people hated that character at the beginning. It's, it's grating. Like it's, but we, we talked about this before a little bit with Amy, but she said that, you know, it Anakin was terrible at the beginning. What she called but, him? Called um, him Sky Guy and Sky Guy. But, now look at where she ends up and she's like one of my favorite characters currently. Well, she's and, awesome too. And I mean, I'm so excited about the show. Yeah. Well, and getting Rosario Dawson to players beyond perfect. Um, that wasn't a character. I, I thought you could really pull off in live action, but uh, yeah, man, I thought the right. same thing. I know there was a lot of fans that really criticized it and critiqued it. Well, her head tails should be longer and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, come on. That's, yeah. That worked so well. I couldn't care less about how long her head tails were. It was, it worked so perfectly. It was really, she looked really legit. You well, know, plus, I remember- plus knowing that they, 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 they shortened the Montreals um, to make it so that she didn't like get weighed down by it or like the, they, they tested it. It was too long to like move in properly. So they had to shorten. Oh, for sure. Totally, tails. man. Like when you're doing something, this is what people don't realize. You're doing something in animation. You can do whatever the hell you want. When you turn that into live action, especially with that kind of, uh, you know, what their alien bodies are like looking like, with their, the way their heads are, it's just, you have to make sacrifices to make it live action. It's just, it's just the way it is. Well, it's like, it was a full, was a full on prosthetic. Let's call it what it is. Like that's, that's a yeah. prosthetic on their head. And a big one. You know what I mean? And expected to do all these flips and stuff. And like, that's a lot of burden on, on the actress and the stunt doubles and stuff. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I thought she was awesome. Um, the uh, back to the um, episode one here in season three, it really, it set up quite a few. Th- <laughs> the thing that I'll give this episode, it really set up a lot of questions, a lot of, a lot of loose strings to be tied up this season. You know what I mean? You've got mm-hmm. the, the IG 11, right? You've got Bo-Katan. You've got these pirates who are obviously going to play another role. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? So they're, they're really setting up a, um, a, a, what seems to be a fairly multifaceted storyline going forward. Uh, Plus the whole mission to Mandalore itself, which will be so cool to see in live action. Absolutely. I can't wait for that. 
Um, That's actually another reason to watch those Mandalorian episodes of the Clone Wars. We're going to have to do a deep dive into those. Yeah, for sure. I'd have to say about this episode compared to, say, the premieres of almost every other series. Actually, maybe every other series, including Andor, which I loved. I still think it's the best one so far. Um, Of all the premieres, I think this one might have been the best from my view. I thought all the other premieres of all the other shows so far, the premieres, not not the shows in their entirety, but the premieres. Mm-hmm. Every time I always felt there was, it left something to be desired. It felt, it felt just a little, there was something missing in every one of those premieres. But in this one, the, the, it was, it was all storied. It was all thriller. It was all killer. No, no filler. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah, uh, it's, um, every moment it's, of this premiere meant something. I would say that Mandalorian has always been good at that too. Like uh, I think of the first episode of this, of the show in general, where you like, you see him going around collecting bounties and stuff. I'm like, Oh, oh that's cool. You oh, know wait, what? I'll take that back. You're literally right. baby Yoda. Yeah. yeah, you're right. But the first episode of season one was pretty damn good. Yeah. That was, that was, that was harsh. I like that. Yeah. Man, like Mandalorian has always had a really good sense of pacing that way. I think, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, something that like like I, again to come back like I said earlier, that's what surprised me about Book of Book of Boba Fett because it was essentially the same creative team, um, just with uh, Robert Rodriguez doing more of a showrunner role. Yeah, after doing like one of the best episodes of season two, where where Boba Fett comes back and attacks Din, and then they're fighting off the Imperials and all that stuff. Yeah, down. there were so many great episodes. Um, yeah, but Boba Fett, eh, it was there were some great moments. I'll give Boba Fett that. There were some scenes and some moments that were so fucking good. Um, overall, eh, I give it about a 7.5. Mando so far, I mean, as the show as a whole, you know, I'd give it like an 8, 8.5 um, so far, which is good. I'm, I'm a Russian judge. Like I don't give tens out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Tens, it's tens by definition should be pretty damn hard to get. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. For sure. To get a hundred percent. I mean, you're a PhD, right? It's, um, there's also no yeah. shame in a seven, like a seven. This is, is true. Solid. This is true. I, I mean, and, or I give a nine for sure. Um, but like, yeah, like even that needed like a slow build, right? Like it was because if you'd asked me after the slow. first two, ep- yeah, if you asked me after the first two episodes of Andor, I would have said around it seven. But by the time the show wrapped up, I was like, that was that kicked ass. That was, and it was not just, and it was really, it was amazing they were able to pull that off with as few aliens as possible. Like, I mean, it was ninety nine percent a story about humans. You know, mm-hmm. and and, and at that, like non-familiar humans too. Like it was the lowest ratio of like Easter eggs and um, well, not Easter eggs per se, but like the lowest ratio of cameos, definitely. Absolutely, and there were Easter eggs in there for sure. But yeah, I I oh, like the fact loaded. that loaded like um, Luthen's shop is just chock full of them. <laughs> oh, absolutely! Um, so many things in, in that in that uh, curio shop. That uh, that was so yeah, cool. Yeah, like Star Killers so one set of armor from the game, like Force Unleashed games, and so cool things. And um, uh, Mon Mothma, great. Um, I love the conflict with some of the Imperials as to what they're doing, and um, yeah, I love it. 
I love it. Um, I thought it really got into the uh, it, it it really got into the politics of Star Wars, which was really cool. Um, kind of like one of the things I really liked about Mandalorian season one was that scene when they walked in and you could see they really were able to visually show the fact that this is a new era after a revolution when you saw all the stormtroopers heads on spikes and um, or their helmets on spikes. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really, <laughs> I mean, there's only so much we can talk about with this episode because it was only, <laughs> it was only half an hour long. I really can't <laughs> wait to see them. I can't wait to see the next one. Well, um, we'll kind of wrap up with um, one little thought I was having when we were talking before the show, because uh, you're saying that oh, Andor is one of your favorite things of, of Star Wars probably ever. Yeah. Um, I think what I, what I love about these two shows is that they're both doing exactly what we should be getting from or what I, what i'd like to see from star wars so you have the mandalorian which is very steeped in familiar things you've got mm. boba fett you've got the mandalorians from clone wars you've got um well like luke friggin skywalker showing up multiple times now. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> and it's also very heavily steeped in the things that influenced george lucas to start with like you've got like the western showdown in this episode yeah and literal samurai films within the show in previous seasons yeah. So this is very steeped in the familiar things, very steeped in the influences. Yeah. Whereas what I what I appreciate about Andor, and we're gonna do a we're gonna do a full deep dive into Andor in the coming weeks, but um, that'll be fun. What I really liked about that is that it got it went to where Star Wars has not really gone before and needed to go, where it was proving that you know you can do Star Wars stuff without like you can take um, casting Andor from Rogue One, which was like a respected recent movie. You can yep. take Mon Mothma's actress from the prequels. Yep. You can put them into an entirely unfamiliar setting um, with like almost no other connective fibers to the other movies besides like the timeline events and stuff like that. Yeah. And you can push it into the, the political rebellion side, like the sides of the rebellion that we still have not seen. No, um, we got hints at it in Rogue One, like with with Saw and whatnot. Um, but it, they really opened it up in Andor, like that that the political intrigue and the um, you know, the it, it'd be like, I mean, it, it was kind of, I've been reading a lot of books on World War II lately. I don't know why I was just on a kick on it, but specifically on um, the spies, I read a, a book called Churchill's Spy Masters, which was amazing about some of these people who had American citizenship, but lived in Europe and they were Europeans as well, that chose to stay in Europe after the Nazis invaded Poland when they could have escaped, but they chose to stay and and Hmm. fight this monster of an army that was coming you know and uh the way they tried to hide politically and still get secrets across to the allies it really reminded me of that like it it had a real visceral um there was a there was a a palpable level of anxiety watching that show you know knowing the the positions that these people were in um Mm -hmm. and risking their not only their you know their careers and their you know, their homes, but their lives to, to fight this empire, you know? Yeah. And then there's even like modern day parallels too, like, you know, the people staying in Ukraine fighting off the Russian army right now, like, you know, 
so there's so much relate relatable content in or not relatable content to say per se. So much no, relatable. That's pretty relatable. That's in... pretty relatable. I mean, you you got a massive, but there's 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 even deeper levels of it too. Because I mean, if you know, you think about the Ukraine. Yes, it's God. I mean, I'm behind him. I want them to. I want them to 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 get their freedom back. But then you have to look at their leader, and it's like, well, their leader won their won his power in the Ukraine by creating a coup, and he outlawed certain forms of Christianity and the rest nuns and priests as well so what happens even if they do win are they still gonna have to fight you know what i mean like there's so many layers of like what freedom is you know and i i think that really came across in in andor that uh even on and sagarera is kind of a good aspect of that where like he was an extremist you know mm. where the alliance didn't even want to you know, they, they, they wanted to distance themselves from him, even though they were all rebels. It's like Jen said in Rogue One, well, you're all rebels, right? Well, it's like, well, <laughs> kind of. Yeah, it means different things, yeah. <laughs> you know, like. Want, like, want to burn everything down to get what they want. Some people exactly, want, right? Want, I want mean, something standing. For sure. It's not as simple as the friend of my, or the enemy of my enemy is my friend. It's not as simple as that, you know? Um, it's like the Russians in World War Two. I mean, we fought alongside them, but at the end, when 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 Italy was finally falling, they weren't going to send in supplies. They, they the British refused to send supplies in to the Italian partisans because they were worried that some of them were communists. And it's like, well, do you want to help these people or not? You know, it's well, uh, decades of Cold War followed because absolutely, yeah, exactly yeah. right. So there's so many layers, and I think that's one thing in Andor they really were able to put across is like like you like you just said. There's so many parallels in the past and right now that were really present in that, and uh, maybe but that's and, one. And, of and just putting like a face on the empire, like I I, I feel yeah. like it, it really made me realize that you know to this point we've kind of glossed over the empirical side of the empire a lot it's just like this is an empire okay yep. yeah you're the bad guys like this really put it in broader terms or like more defined terms and yeah like really called it what it was like you really saw it for what it it is like they're, they're squeezing the other systems because one system acted up yeah like you're prisons, right the prisons where they're building the panels for the death star yeah um clockwork machines <laughs> which is exactly um, what hitler had jewish prisoners doing in world war ii you know what i mean mm -hmm. you know working them to death to build weapons to further his own cause that's so fucked up but you know it's part of unfortunately it's part of human nature so far um i think we saw hints of that going all the way back to the force awakens when you in when you for like Finn's character was the first time that you saw a stormtrooper that had some empathy um, and wasn't just some automaton, you know, in a mask, yeah. you know, he, he was a person um, and a defector and then a rebel hero. And at first, you know, someone who just wanted to run, you know, he was imperfect. That's what I loved about Finn's character. You know, he struggled mm -hmm. with, he struggled with his decisions and uh, yeah, that's uh yeah, I think it's. Uh, I think there's a. I think that's where it started, and Andor really brought that through. Oh, so it's in, in the same way that Rogue One kind of picked up some of those things that were kind of prevalent in Finn's character, like you said, um, and, and ran with them. Andor took what Rogue One did and ran even farther and kept yeah, going. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Um, yeah, I totally. Yeah, it's 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 just cool to me that we got like you know this is like like I said this is the two things I think Star Wars needs to like. Um, not, not needs to do, but um, it's two really exemplary di 
like directions for the franchise that are kind of separate, but also, you know, really pushes the envelopes for the for this for the franchise to come, right? Like you've got the one series that's very space opery, and also the western and Sam Bright ties in all the familiar stuff and all the influences. You've yep. also got this other thing pushing it in the other directions. Where, you know, it, it's been there this entire time. Like like I said, we never really understood that the Empire was this political machine. And here it is. Here's here's Andor like defining what that meant. Um, the common people living under the heel, not just you know the farm boys who become the space wizards. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's the people with it's, no superpowers and that come along and you know make a difference. And, and in some ways, not. There's a good. There's a great line in uh, in Captain America. I think it was in uh, the Winter Soldier when he's talking to Nick Fury, and Nick Fury says he's saying, you know, the greatest generation. You guys did some nasty stuff. And yeah. Cap says to him, he goes, yeah, we, we compromised, but we did it so people could be free. You know what I mean? Yeah. This isn't freedom. This is fear. You know, when he's talking about those big ships. and uh, That's yeah. Marta, right? Like that's yeah. 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 It's in the family, right? Well, yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, uh, I think on that note, that's going to that's gonna do it for us for today. All right. Um, How do you want to close yeah. this out? I was just wondering that. I just realized. Yeah, I don't know. It's been a long time. Where's the, where's the brake pedal? <laughs> <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Eject. Eject. Yeah, in the expanse, um, you got to flip and burn. Halfway yeah. <laughs> through, you gotta, halfway through, you got to start slowing down. <laughs> Stay on target, Porkins. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Like I said, we'll uh, we'll be back soon with a discussion of Andor. Uh, some of the friends of the show have a lot of uh, things to say about. It, it should be another. Uh, Round of interesting. That'll be a fun one. Slash debates. <laughs> oh, there'll be some debates. Yeah, Amy and I always debate on that one. That'll be fun. And I know, uh, I know, some people are chomping at the bit to, to talk about just how good this series was. So, yeah, um, that I've also been keeping up with uh, the Mandalorian. Maybe we'll talk some more about those Clone Wars episodes if we get to get to those. And yeah, uh, we've been off for a little bit, and uh, I know this isn't the first time we've said this, but we do appreciate that you people are or that you guys are still listening, all of you. Um, or those of you who are finding the show for the first time, welcome. Hope you enjoyed uh, the conversation and uh, stay tuned for more because, yeah, we're looking to be back at the usual events again this year for City Comic Con and Lenin Comic Con. Hopefully, have some updates on those soon. And uh, yeah, lots of great stuff to talk about in, in the Star Wars universe. So, thank you for joining us for the ride. Thanks for having me back again, Chris. Um, look forward to the next episode. Uh, may the force be with you, brother. And also with you. <laughs> Why did I go Christian on that one? That was the... <laughs> that's not that's the wrong religion. <laughs> that's a good closing. That's a good closer. That's awesome. If you enjoyed this episode, please like it and tell a friend. Our network of Star Wars shows is available wherever else podcasts are free. Don't forget to subscribe on your service of choice so you never miss a new discussion. Check out linktr.ee slash kyberclub for links to our show on various platforms. Got a question or comment on today's episode or anything else in the Star Wars universe? Drop us a line on Twitter at kyberclub or on Facebook and Instagram at Quarter Portion Podcast. Your opinions and questions are worth 60 portions to us. Ask a question and we'll gladly answer on the show. 
Until next time, may you be one with the Force, and may the Force be with you. This has been a production of the Kyber Club Podcast Network.